Ah, yes. Welcome to Confessions of a Drummer, the podcast. I don't know why I put the podcast after it. I don't think there's anything else that's marketed as Confessions of a Drummer. Um, But it is a podcast, and that's what I'm doing here. My name is Eric Flink. That's spelled with one F. And I am, for the duration of the podcast, going to be known as Drummer. Um, Fourth episode... Never really thought I'd get to two, much less four. But here I am, recording a fourth episode. All the ones up to date have been me just talking about whatever, so it kind of seems to be the format of the podcast at this point. Uh, I've said it before in other previous episodes that I've been thinking about bringing people in, doing interviews, and that kind of thing, but haven't really had the uh, time or the uh, to put it all together, it's just a, a bit much, but, uh, I'm still working on it, still fleshing out ideas for people to talk to and that, but for now, and three previous episodes, you get me, drummer, I uh, just got off another busy weekend with my band Odyssey, um, here in South Florida, we did two gigs last week, we had one on, on a Wednesday, <laughs> which was interesting, but uh, it actually worked out very well. Um, we opened for a local band here in the Treasure Coast called Soul Jam. They're good friends of ours. Uh, definitely go check them out. I believe their website is souljamband.com. Um, but we opened, I think we did an hour or so, and just kind of kicked out pretty much a lot of our original material. A couple covers, of course, we threw in, but uh, it was a very good time. I had a I had a good time myself. I got to play on a 1963 Slingerland drum kit. And I'd played Ludwig's. I'd played a Rogers kit from, I think the Rogers kit was like a 56. It was really old. And that was over 10 years ago. And I'd never played a Slingerland. I'd maybe seen a couple, but it was a, it was an interesting experience. It's a smaller kick drum than mine. Mine's a 22 on the Mapex Horizon that I play. But uh, I don't know the diameter of the one I was playing on the Slingerland. It could have been about a, maybe an 18, maybe a 20. It was it was definitely smaller. Um, it was all right. I had a good time on it. I had some issues with uh, the toms. It was a a 13 inch, you know, deep Slingerland 1963 tom on the on the on the mount, and the floor tom was just your average. Looked like about an 18, maybe somewhere in there. Uh, floor tom to bang on and this the when you drum anybody who listens to this who's a drummer which I'm assuming maybe all of you if none of you are when you play drums you always at least for me I always anticipate feel off of the drums themselves and when I get it behind a new kit you know it takes a little bit to get that dialed in get used to the the not so much the placement of where the drums are because you can adjust that but the, the the way that the heads come off the stick comes off the head um, the rebound, everything, it kind of plays into at least my technique and how I play. So the the tunings and everything and the heads were a little different on this Slingerland. So I just kind of worked around it, but uh, it's it sounds okay on our our recording that we got, a board cut that we're working through. It sounds all right, but uh, I've I've heard better <laughs> from me, and it's no it's no slant against the uh, Slingerland or the owner of it or anything, of course, but. Uh, 
you know, it's uh, an interesting thing. It did make me miss my, my own kit, though. Uh, undoubtedly, I was very <laughs> wistful for the Mapex, but uh, got the opportunity to play that on Saturday. There was a local event here in Port St. Lucie called South Florida Wing Fest. Pretty much what it sounds like. Um, we did it last year. I don't know if that was the first year that they had done it. I want to say it was, but uh, we did it last year, and there was quite a few people out. They hold it in a big area. Um, a lot of people are able to attend, and last year was a decent crowd. This year they held it in a slightly different area, in the same vicinity, and it was a tighter area. Um, I don't know why. It seemed like they had it set out last year pretty decent. There was plenty of room, but it just it was a little. It was all right. It was it was set up nicely and all that and it looked cool but we did an hour and some I forget the exact number of minutes we did it was a little over an hour I know that and did a kind of this we mixed around the set list a little bit from what we had done on Wednesday uh, but it was a good time uh, none of our media worked we didn't have the option of doing a board audio for it um, so we were just setting up our cameras and that kind of thing, so we didn't get any audio of the, of the set, so, whatever, we have enough audio to last us for a while, so, um, the reason for that is, uh, we've recently invested in a PreSonus board, uh, for our own PA, and with that becomes the ability to live track anything and everything we do, so we've been really taking advantage of it lately. Um, I don't know the exact model of the PreSonus that we have. It's not the one with the iPad controls that much, I know, because um, we don't have that ability. But uh, it's a it's really nice. A lot of the recordings are coming out really strong. Um, Derek, our, our guitar player, lead vocalist, and audio tech, he, uh, he's been really working uh, really diligently at making the best uh, masterings that he can, and he's really done a great job. We haven't put out too much of it. We put out here and there. Uh, there's a couple of videos on the Odyssey Facebook page that have audio from the board. Um, but we've been uh, kind of gearing up for other stuff with that, and I'm not privy to say what at this point. But, uh, yeah, it was a good week as far as the band goes there. Um you know, got uh, two weeks off here, and then we're back at it again, so. Uh, one thing that's popped up in our sphere, as far as Odyssey, lately is uh, we're about to lose our bass player. He's moving away um, back to his, well, his home state, I guess. I, I think he was born there. I'm not sure. <laughs> he used to live in Pennsylvania, so. Uh, but he's moving away, and... Uh, Starting next month, end of May, we will hopefully have another bass player lined up already. We've um, been looking around, we've had some interest, and we're pursuing those options right now, but we haven't settled on anything. Uh, you know, we'll put it out there in all the usual areas when we do and get that all figured out. So it's, 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 it sucks because Pat was the one of the initial founding members of the band. Well, 
been together for four years, but that's a long time to, you know, have a core group of guys. It was, it's always been Derek, Pat, and I, as far as Odyssey goes, we've kind of controlled the direction of it, and Pat was there from the beginning, basically. Um, well, might as well go into the history of the band. I don't think I've ever done that on the podcast, so I'll bore you with this one. <laughs> um, well, the band started when I I was playing in a couple other cover bands throughout the area here in Port St. Lucie and Treasure Coast of Florida, and I uh, I just kind of got tired of it. The music I was playing, it was all covers, no no original music. I think there was maybe a couple smatterings, but it wasn't what you focused on. You were more worried about the covers, and they had to be, you know, however the band wanted it to be. These weren't bands that I started. It was bands I joined up with, so it was always just kind of, I'd go into a band and just play the drums and not much else, and that's how it was. So I just got kind of, not tired of that, to that to an extent it was always there's fun parts about it but i just wanted to have some i wanted to really get my hands into a project where i had more to do with it than just show up play the drums and that's it you know i wanted to be kind of more behind the scenes with the project so i put out an ad on craigslist the local one here on the treasure coast and just put it out i'm looking to do some you know jam bandy music or just jam out and not be whatever do originals stuff like that I had a couple of responses that, yeah, okay, here's and there's. And then I had a response uh, when he emailed me. It was it was Derek. But uh, when he emailed me, he had uh, song samples that he had already written of original music. And I kind of I listened to them, and I liked them. It's actually very two very rough copies of songs that we, were, we still do today. Uh, they've gone through some changes, but... They were they were good. I liked them. It was all MIDI programmed, and it was him singing and playing the guitar. And I responded in kind and said, "Hey, I'd like to know more about it." And eventually, we started to chat about it, and we met, we talked, and uh, obviously, we got to find a bass player at that point. So we were we put up. I don't I don't know if we put up the ad on Craigslist for the, for a bass player. I think it was we were we were just starting to get into that, and my. My wife, she uh, works at a pool store, same one I work at now. She had uh, a customer where she, when she drove up to the house, she noticed that there was a fish sticker <laughs> on the back of his vehicle. She knows I like fish. She knows Derek likes fish, and that's kind of what we're looking to do. So she asked the gentleman, uh, Patrick, you know, hey, I see you have a fish sticker on the back of your vehicle. You know, you like fish. My fiance loves him they got to talk and found out he plays bass so we got lucky with pat because we just we found him well my wife found him but she's like fifth member anyway so uh so yeah we started to put it all together we really worked on the covers first um and then just kind of hone the originals and brought him in I think the I want to say the first one that we did as a as a band the three-piece was enjoy the night I seem to remember that being the first original that we really tried to work on um 
and then from there we started to work on other songs that we do and uh there was always an inkling to get a fourth member in um you know fatten out the sound <laughs> another person to pay so on and so forth but we we really did want that full bodied sound uh Derek is you know he's got some effects pedals and everything he can work some of the magic but when it comes down to it you just you really want to have somebody else there providing a counter rhythm or you know keeping it going in the pocket and we did find a guitar player I think that was another Craigslist ad and the gentleman answered and it turned out to be a guy I knew uh, Paul and Paul's an older guy but he could still play I knew he could and he liked all the same stuff we do the dead and everything like that so he came into it and we started rehearsing all together as a four piece and worked up all the material, and uh, we I think we rehearsed for about a year um, before we actually went out and started playing any live venues. Excuse me, I like that. But um, we worked we worked for a year, and then we did an open mic in Fort Pierce at a place called it was at the time it was called Captain Jack's. And we went out there and we, I don't remember how many songs we played. I think it was three, four. Um, one of them was Enjoy the Night, I remember that much. And had a good response and, yeah, maybe we should keep going. <laughs> so we did and we booked, our first gig was at a place called the St. Lucie Inn. It's just this bar, they actually call it, it's a, what is it, Lounge and Package. St. Lucie Inn Lounge and Package package down here is a drive through liquor store so not only the first place we played is a you know a bar or lounge also you can drive right around the corner of it and pick up what you need for the ride home i wouldn't advocate it though so we played our first gig there it was out on the porch of the place it was very smallish not really a place known for live music just happened to land the gig there so that's where we started at that one I still have the original set list from that uh, gig, and well, uh, we had question marks by some of the the set times. We were like, we weren't sure how long it would go. We weren't sure if it'd be enough, or we had a lot of material, but we weren't quite at the point of jamming everything out. We had parts that we would extend and and work on, work out. You know, as the great Bob Weir once said. You know, we didn't finish the song because we weren't done playing it yet. But uh, it was a it was an interesting gig, and we played a couple other ones after that. Um, I, you know, it was various dive bars and, and things of that nature, just venues that I could only book or the, because of my connection with the previous bands that I'd been in and people I'd met and owners and you know stuff like that. So it was just wherever we could land, that's where we played. You know, he's settled at that point. Um, around eh, a little while after we started playing out live, we just we started to have issues with Paul. And uh, he would just no-call, no-show rehearsals. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't think there were many gigs around that time, so it wasn't like he bailed out of gigs. But rehearsals, he just, you know, everything would be fine until day of, and then you wouldn't hear from him. Or he would opt out, or whatever. It was just always something. AWOL. You know? 
And just, we eventually said, all right, man, all right, we got this. <laughs> we'll move on. That's fine. Well, we found out a little while after that, that he did have a brain tumor and it was affecting quite a few things. Um, a lot of it was also his, it was affecting his memory, his decision-making, that stuff. So that's why we were having the issues. He, you know, he opted out just as mutually as we said, well, we, we got to move along. So it wasn't a bad thing. And, you know, we still see him and talk to him, <laughs> but, uh, he got better and he's doing his own little project anyway, right now. Um, throwback, but, uh, so we moved on without him. We were, we were a trio again. Um, and not too long after Paul had moved along and, and that we, uh, we had submitted through, it's a website called Reverb Nation. It's like a Facebook or social media for bands in a way. But they provide a bunch of tools, um, promotional tools. Uh, you can do digital distribution through them. We've done it. It works. It's you know pretty decent process. The pay isn't good, but it usually never is. There might be other better ones, but we did it through them. In any case, they have uh, what they do is they sign up with different ventures and promoters and things like that, and they offer opportunities. You know, um, the one that we 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 signed up for many of them. One that we did was you know you would win a slot on Sunfest, which is a big, um, I think it's like a three or four day festival that they hold in West Palm Beach uh, every April or May. And a lot of big name bands will come through that. And, you know, they were looking to fill up the smaller acts, the support acts to open the days. And uh, so we submitted for it. It was free. And that just sends them your press kit and everything that you put in it, photos, whatever. And didn't think much about it. Come to find out, it was a few months after, quite a few months after that. Uh, it was March of 2014. I woke up at 6 a.m., went into the bathroom, and then saw the email that we had been selected for Sunfest. <laughs> Probably the best bathroom moment I've had. I don't think I've had many, but that would be one of them. I guess a little loud. But uh, I took a, a screenshot of the email, sent it to Derek, and I'm like, really? I said, I've forgotten all about this. Come to find out, yes, we were selected to play at Sunfest. Um, that was an interesting experience, obviously. You go from being your basic garage band. That's what we were at that point. We played out a little bit. Not a ton yet. And we were still relatively new. Um, maybe we were only a year and a half, two years old by that point. And to be selected for something that big was kind of an eye opener. Um, it didn't, it, I always, I, I think back then it validated what I was feeling as I look back at it now. And I, I always had this thought that that wasn't going to be the end all be all. You know, it should be another, just another gig. And we kind of treated it like that. It obviously had more importance to us than, you know, playing the St. Lucie Inn. But I knew, at least from that point, I was like, it's going to be harder. <laughs> it's going to be easier and it's going to be harder after this. 
because it, for whatever exposure it gets you, and it got us a little, um, you know, there's, there's a lot more expectation that comes with that. And you just, you know, just because you got to that point where you're at Sunfest doesn't mean that you just, you slow it down or you taper off. You really have to keep going. And that's what we always did. Since then, we knew it wasn't, you know, a culmination. It was a, it was a culmination of sorts, but it wasn't the pinnacle of what we were trying to do, obviously. We're still brand new. We still have a lot of territory to uncover and a lot of new, a lot of new things to learn about music, us, our instruments, whatever. So, um, it was, it was just a very interesting gig, you know, uh, I remember being sick, just dastardly sick the morning of, nerves, hangover, combination of it, and, excuse me, I felt like like crap all the way down 95 until we got to West Palm as we were coming off of the freeway. All of a sudden, I instantly felt better. Adrenaline kicked in. So, in the entire time we got to the venue, we are waiting to get in with our handler, who by the name had his, on his Sunfest name tag, Kaiser Soze, which made me laugh uncontrollably. <laughs> he didn't, he never told us his real name. Um, but all the way through the, being backstage, sound check, playing the gig, getting off stage, and hanging around in, in the festival for a little bit, all that whole time I felt fine. Get back to the hotel that we were going to stay at to check in, Instantly felt like crap again. <laughs> My stomach went to hell. Uh, I had to lay down for a couple hours, and it was it was really crazy the way the body just kind of picked me. My own adrenaline picked me up and carried me through all of it. But I do remember, you know, pretty much every minute of being on stage and that. So it wasn't like I just blanked it all out. And if anything, I have a drum cam video that I took of it. So. But after Sunfest, we, you know, I, I really tried to get us more gigs, just locally, just trying to branch it out, and we're trying any and every venue, seeing what stuck, what didn't. Um, I'd be hard-pressed to think that there are any venues now that we play that we played back then. Um, there might be one or two. Uh, it depends. We rolled, rolled over so many times on venues, too. Um, and we just kind of, we just kept going. And eventually we started to feel the need for that fourth person, that fourth member, guitar, keyboards, whatever. I was pushing for keyboards because that's, that's what we needed to round this out. So we put out an ad for a keyboard player. And a local guy had answered it. And so we were like, all right, well, let's see what we can do with it. We were playing a gig in Fort Pierce. It was out at the Inlet uh, Bar and Grill, I guess they call it. And we were just we were just playing, and the guy showed up there, and he's like, "Well, I got my guitar in the vehicle. You want me to come out and we'll just hammer out some whatever." Uh, all right. So he came out with his guitar and just started playing along with us in our set. And he didn't know any of the material we were doing or anything like that, but it seemed to be okay. And so we took him on, brought him into the fold, started working with him on 
and material and everything. And he could also sing. Uh, so we started incorporating songs that he had brought along, um, along with the ones that we knew. So it our, you know, it brought out a, a bigger palette and some of the stuff we were doing at the time. And we played with him for, I think it was about a year, yearish or maybe a little over that, and just had a falling out. You know, he had a different idea of the direction of the band and didn't necessarily ascribe to what we were trying to do and mutually parted ways. So we were down to a trio again. <laughs> and remember, the whole, the whole time it's a trio, it's Pat, Derek, and I. So just three guys just hammering it out. So we went out as a trio again, worked on keeping it going. We had some momentum. And I said, we still need that. I didn't say it. I guess we all did. We still need that fourth player. We need to have that sound, that full sound. We need it. It just, it didn't really hit as hard. Obviously, it didn't, if you only have three people. So we put it out again for <laughs> a guitar player. Uh, I don't think we asked for a keyboard player on that particular one. We were, you know, decided to go the other way with it. And the guy that answered the ad was actually knew Derek from church, church band that he was in, so on and so forth. So we decided to try him out. Ba 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 ba. Here we are. Uh, we've been with Matt for maybe six months now. Uh, still with us. Haven't had anything. No imploding drummers or anything, or guitar players or anything like that keyboard players but uh he's really stepped into the fold and really brought forth a very nice sound to the whole thing so that's the brief history of us i guess i you know skip over a lot of the gigs that we played there have been some really interesting ones some cool ones we played churchill's pub in miami opening for roosevelt collier um that was fun <laughs> found out about it the night before and all of a sudden I had to go on a two-hour car ride down, two-hour car ride back, played the gig, and just got out of there. So there's been some adventures, no doubt, playing in this band, but I just kind of glossed over it now because I've been talking for 20-some minutes, and you're probably sick of hearing me. That being said, I'm going to wrap this one up for this week, this episode, not this week. I don't do these weekly. I just do them when I feel like it. If you have feedback, comments, questions, concerns, whatever, you can, you know, DM me on the Facebook page, Confessions of a Drummer. Actually, I think it's on Twitter, it's Drummer Confessions. Uh, you'll find it if you look hard enough. As always, check out my band, Odyssey Jams, on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, actually, that one. I'm messing up my own plugs. Odyssey Jams on Facebook and Instagram, and Odyssey Band on Twitter, O-D-D-E-S-S-E-Y. Uh, that's about it. So, we'll see you next time around the bend. Until then, keep drumming.